Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church and to this, our gathered community of Kensington Unitarians. We gather here on this slightly dank December morning, and by our very being together, I think we help to bring some warmth and light to the start of winter here in Britain. Today is the first Sunday in Advent, the start of the Christian year. December the 1st is also recognised internationally as World AIDS Day. And coincidentally, today we're in the midst of the Jewish festival of the Festival of Hanukkah, an eight-day festival that commemorates the rededication of the temple when the Jewish people won their freedom from oppression. A chant that we're going to sing later on, Bonum est confidere, translates as, It's good to trust and hope in the Lord. And I'm hoping that some of that sense of trust and hope in this Advent season will will bring us together today. So in our service there are many themes interweaving one with another just as we, as individuals, bring our unique qualities to a community such as this, so do we allow, as Unitarians, the gifts of the world's spiritual and philosophical traditions to help us guide our path in life. The unique path that each of us walks, made, I hope, a little brighter and a little clearer because of walking in companionship one with another. So I invite you now to take a moment and to think of your path in life and the week that has just passed. I wonder what your week has been like. For some, there have been really rocky roads to travel, considerable demands, uncertainties. For others, there will have been times of clarity and achievement. Let's take this moment to acknowledge and accept life as it is for us at this time. And perhaps choose to have the hour ahead as a time in which to seek new inspiration. New inspiration and insight. Welcome. Welcome to you all. Our first Advent candle has been lit. It's a candle of hope. And let's take that sense of hope represented by these candle flames into a time of prayer and reflection now. As I call on the divine spirit of life and of love to be with us now and to bless all that we say and do together here today. On this Advent Sunday, we anticipate the bright festival of hope's rebirth. Rebirth in a helpless baby long ago and in every child who comes into this world. 
for World AIDS Day, we remember all those lives that are blighted by HIV and AIDS. Let us hold them lovingly in our thoughts and prayers, these members with us of the human family. We might think of children who've lost their families because of AIDS and because of inadequate treatment of AIDS. We might think of children, particularly in Swaziland, where we are connected with two sisters called Fortunate and Patience, who've lost members through this, family members through this illness and where an SOS village was set up specially for children left parentless. Let's remember those too who work with the sick and the dying and those who search for new treatments and a cure. And part of the human family that we are, let us in a few moments of silence now Make our own prayers for those who are in our hearts and our minds. As we focus on these candle flames, can we find a source of hope in our own heart that such a flame might represent? Something that lifts our spirits and helps us move onwards. O oh God, healer and comforter, be with all who suffer and all who strive to end suffering. May Advent hope be made real to those who struggle with sickness and despair. Spirit of life and of love, when the world's griefs can make us weary, help us still to care. Rekindle hope and love and justice in all of our hearts that we might do what we can to continue making this world a better place for all. Amen. And I think uh, Tristan's going to join me now. We're, we're going to share a reading, um, which is called On Waiting, and it's written by Frederick and Mary Brussett. Uh, they, they run a marvellous website called Spirituality and Practice, which I recommend to you. This is from their piece on waiting, from Naming the Days. The season of Advent, more than at any other time of the church year, 
invites us to embrace the spiritual discipline of waiting. The season of Advent will not be rushed. The Advent carols must be sung. The Advent candles must be lighted week by week. And the doors of the Advent calendar will be open day by day. Christmas will finally come when all the expectant scriptures have been read and when the baby has finally been born. That's a beautiful description of the first Christian church, of the first season of the Christian church year, from Holly W. Whitcomb, a United Church of Christ minister, in her book Seven Spiritual Gifts of Waiting. She sees this four-week period that ends on Christmas Eve as going against the cultural grain of our times. We don't like to wait for anything. We expect instant gratification, even in our spiritual lives. But God is not to be rushed. As Pierre Tarhat de Chardin advised, We need to trust in the slow work of God. That is what the Israelites did during their long sojourn in the desert, and what Christians do during Advent. According to Holly Whitcomb, the seven spiritual gifts of waiting are patience, loss of control, living in the present, compassion, gratitude, humility and trust in God. Waiting, she says, is an important guest to honour in the guest house of our humanity. It's, it is a lot, I'm just breaking off here from the reading, it's a lovely book to read this one and one of the little stories that she told was, of, and it touched me as an adoptive parent, was um, a friend of hers who was keen to adopt and then was told that it would take a year And she said, oh, I haven't got time for that. And there was something, so she turned it into a really deep reflection about how it's actually at the beginning of life and at the end of life that we often do our waiting and realise the limits of our powers as a human being. It really touched me that bit. So here are some spiritual assignments that we might choose to embark on to signal our willingness to wait during Advent or indeed at any time of year. Let God, or whatever you hold to be divine, sit in the director's chair of your life. Let's admit from time to time the truth that we are ultimately powerless. Give up our fantasy timetables and go with the flow. Do not try to push the river. All will happen in God's time. Let go of any negative images we carry around about waiting. Grow through periods of waiting that entail darkness and dread. Work to reduce your anger and frustration about waiting. Always be a person animated by hope. And take time during periods of waiting to count our blessings. And I'm going to suggest that we take some of these ideas into our time of meditation now. 
it's quite an extended period of meditation. There are going to be some spoken words. So you might want to just put down anything that you don't need in your, your hands. Um, maybe enjoy that feeling of your feet on the floor. Whatever works for you. Perhaps soften your gaze or focus on our candles or close your eyes. And I wonder if anything in that reading rang a bell with you. I, do you sometimes find yourself impatiently waiting or getting frustrated? Are you someone like me who still fondly imagines that they are in charge of their own life? Do you sometimes get pulled up short, realising that there are some things that we just can't influence? Are you someone who's learned through those big transitional times of life, of illness, of birth, of death? Have you, through those tough times, learnt the value of being able to wait patiently? As we enter this time of meditation, perhaps allowing the gentle rhythm of our breathing to take us to a deeper place, an inner place, where we can turn our attention away from both the busy world outside these walls and and the noises that we will hear in this room, but that we turn our attention within to find perhaps the voice of our own higher self, of that which we hold to be divine. And I invite you, if you wish, to focus in this time of meditation on this idea of resting and waiting, of the relief that can sometimes come from accepting our powerlessness. We people of the 20th and 21st century have been given so much power in our own lives that it can sometimes fool us. Fool us into forgetting the ultimate truth. That our lives are held by something other than us. By the spirit of life and love itself. That will guide us where it will. In such a realization, may we find rest, peace, acceptance, and yet holding that alongside the reality that there is much we can do in this world to make a difference. What a paradox we live with of power and powerlessness together, resting.
I've been um, searching for a quotation all this week and I failed to find it. I saw it on a little poster many years ago now. I much love other people's little things that they put on their fridges and such like. And uh, it was on a friend's notice board. The quotation was supposed to be the words of the great humanitarian uh, Dr. Albert Schweitzer, who devoted so much of his life to serving others through his medical work. He has forever a place in my own little collection of jolly good people for his work in promoting the better treatment of animals and for his writings on the historical Jesus and for the way that he dedicated really the whole of his life to trying to right some of the wrongs of colonialism. If, if Schweitzer was with us today, he'd be encouraging us to focus our Advent studies on Jesus' radical message of social justice rather than fretting about the impossibility of virgin births and angels proclaiming good news to shepherds. He devoted, as I said, most of his life, his working life, to righting those wrongs caused by colonialism in Africa. He used his medical training to set up hospitals and clinics where he trained others to continue his work. And the quotation that I failed to find was this. Give up all expectations in life and you'll never be disappointed. Give up all expectations in life and you will never be disappointed. I think these simple words hit home for me because at the time I carried a great weight of expectations in my life, my own and other people's. I wonder if there have been times in your life when you've had that sense of my goodness, this is quite a burden to carry. Other people expecting something of me, me expecting something of someone else and of my, myself. So I'm going to, um, in this short reflection, explore this idea just a little bit further. It's, it's the right time of year to engage in such an exploration because Advent is often described as a time of hope, isn't it? An expectation. That's what we've lit this first candle for. Christians are preparing for Christmas time, for the celebration of Christ's birth. But actually, since the 6th century AD, Advent time has primarily been a time of preparation for the expected return of Christ, the second coming. So it was not designed to boost profit margins in the shopping uh, malls of our cities. That first Advent candle, it's a candle of hope, but it's also a candle of prophecy, the prophecy that Christ will return. Now, such a faith is probably not one shared by most Unitarians. We're perhaps more likely to share Albert Schweitzer's view that we are now the hands of Christ in the world. We're the ones who must bring to about a fairer, kinder, more just world for all beings. Schweitzer wrote that the demands of Jesus are difficult because they require us to do something extraordinary. And at the same time, he asks us to regard these acts of goodness as something usual and ordinary. But I hope that there is also space in life for the unexpected, the miraculous even. The story of Hanukkah that I mentioned earlier on is a story of resistance against oppression It's a story that really did happen 
in one form or another, at least some of its elements. For at a time when it seemed as if the Jewish people would be assimilated by the Greeks who'd taken over their land, a small resistance movement, and it was small, known as the Maccabees, they dared to fight back. Their precious temple having been defiled, they regained it, they cleansed it, but they had too little of the essential sacred oil to keep the temple lamps alight. But through their faith, the oil lasted for a miraculous eight long days and nights, and the temple was once more there reflecting the faith for which it was built. And to live, I think, in hope and expectation is part of any life's journey. I think Denise uh, Levitoff, who's quoted on the front of today's order of service sheet, says it well. We have only begun to imagine the fullness of life. How could we tire of hope? So much is in bud. Yet, I have a, an altogether different take on expectations learnt over many years of attending courses run by an organisation called Landmark Education and on the order of service sheet as well, there is this quotation from Landmark Education. One of their teachings is about upsets. That's the feeling you get when life doesn't go according to plan. I don't know if any of you know that feeling. Is it just me? Landmark education teach that the source of all our upsets can be found in three things. Our thwarted intentions, our unfulfilled expectations, and our undelivered communications. And I invite you to take that away with you this week. And every time you find yourself a little bit irritated by life, you might consider if it is intentions, expectations, or communications that are at the core of your upset. So this is a different sort of expectation, I think. It's not one of faith so much as one of, well, you might call it entitlement. And again, I don't know if you know this, this kind of attitude that says, well, life should be good to me. I should be one of the lucky ones. Life should go according to my plans. I should get my own way. I think it's this sort of expectation that that quote that may or may not be from Schweitzer, the one that I started with, was referring to. Let go of those sorts of expectations, the idea that life should go according to my plans, and I'll never be disappointed. Because life really is shockingly unfair, isn't it? It really does deliver things very cruelly at times, unjustly, the, um, the good often suffer, and those who do wrong sometimes prosper. It will be unfair and unjust to us at some point in our lives, if it hasn't already been. So here's my prescription for a healthy approach in life. Cultivate trust and hope, for they lift our spirits and they drive us onwards. They give us the oomph that can help to indeed make this a better world. But alongside our trust and hope, let's expect nothing, knowing that we are already enjoying the gift of life, a gift that's unearned and oftentimes unappreciated, but a gift indeed containing much that is miraculous and even more that is unexpected. Love life. 
Expect nothing. You'll never be disappointed. Go well. Go peacefully. Go gently with yourselves and with others. Take care of your precious lives and our precious world. Stop occasionally in wonder and amazement and give thanks. Amen. Go well and blessed be.